What's up, folks? Welcome back to All the Small Things, a podcast hosted by me, Miguel, at Smalls26.2. Today, we have Jocelyn the Warrior Rivas, um, a very accomplished runner. She actually holds the world record for being the youngest Latina woman to run 100 marathons. She has completed 118 marathons, and she just completed her second 100-mile marathon. She is a dreamer, a vegan, and a total badass. She is someone that I've been looking up to for uh, quite some time, and before she was my friend, I was actually a huge fan, and I, actually, I'm still a big fan. Um, we briefly touched base on her beginnings and how she started off with running, only because there's already a podcast out there that covers it, and it's actually hosted by our friend Matt Chittam on The Rambling Runner, which I'll leave a, a Uh, link to it in the show notes so that way in case you guys want to go ahead and listen to it and uh, actually get um, inspired just like I did uh, through through that podcast you guys will have the chance to do so and have a a easier time locating that Um, on this podcast we touch base mostly on her ultra marathons on the adversity that she had to go through um, diving into it not knowing anything on what to expect for an ultra marathon and then running it back and doing another ultra marathon and having a completely different approach and being more uh, well prepared um well i hope you guys enjoy this podcast uh check it out let me know what you guys think shoot me a dm or if you guys want to participate in a future episode give me a reach out call and we'll go ahead and schedule something and get it uh get a recording going um, also, just want to throw this out there, Jocelyn and I are actually ambassadors for the LA Marathon, so if you guys were hoping to run a marathon soon, whether it's your first or 100th marathon, um, and you guys want to do the LA Marathon, and would like a discount on it, um, put in our promo code. I think Jocelyn's is Jocelyn24, and my promo code is Miguel24. Use either one of them, you'll get the same discount. And then uh, we'll see you uh, at the starting line. All right, here we go. Jocelyn the Warrior, episode nine, guest number nine. Let's go, baby. Woo! Ooh, I'm excited. (laughs) (laughs) I'm scared. I'm like, what are you going to ask today? (laughs) Can you hear me well, by the way? Yeah, I can hear you well. You're you're fine. Yeah. So, Jocelyn, thank you for taking the time for jumping onto all the small things. Um, I'm super excited. People have actually been requesting you, and um, I'm glad that you had the time to join me today. Yeah, of course. I'm excited. I'm excited to talk to you and also learn a little bit more about you. No, no, no. The podcast is about you. I want to highlight my <laughs> friends. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, Let's uh let's start at the beginning. I know there's already some podcasts out there that highlight your beginnings, how you started off running. But if we could do like a little recap, like a quick recap of what got you into running, and um and maybe you could start off by what gave you that name, the Warrior. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So my name is Jocelyn the Warrior. <laughs> I did not come up with the name. Uh, I was in high school and. I actually started running with a program called Students Run LA, which is a program in LA that allows you to run a marathon. And it also provides a lot of like financial support for races and everything like that. And yeah, it also provides free shoes. So it definitely was something I needed. Uh, That's how I started my running. Um, Essentially, I went out to the LA Marathon in 2013. I went to watch it and it was mile 20. People of all ages were running, all different ages. And I saw kids that were so young, younger than me. And then one of the people, they were like, how come you're not out there? And then it stayed with me. And I was like, yeah, why is it that I'm not out there? And after that, I was like, you know what? I'm going to train for a marathon. That was the moment that pretty much inspired me to start running. And then I started with Students Run LA, and that's how I was able to complete my first marathon in 2014. Nice. That's amazing. So you showed up to go cheer on a friend and you're standing there getting inspired by all walks of life. And then boom, (laughs) you're like, you know what? This is something that I could I could do it. And now you're over here crushing ultra marathons, which we went from a marathon, 26 miles, a measly is 26 to 100. 
And you just uh, conquered that, uh, what was it, like 10 days ago? Yeah, like 10 days ago. <laughs> yeah, which is good. It was good. I'm feeling good. Yeah. So how did the name The Warrior develop? So The Warrior came out with one of my coaches that was part of, part of Students in LA. Um, every year after like you complete the marathon, they have like an award ceremony. And then the coach, my last year, he was like, you are the warrior. And then I was like, you know what? That sounds good. I believe you. So then I just changed my username on Instagram, Jocelyn the Warrior. And then throughout the years, I just stayed with it. And it just became a thing. And at the end, people just started calling me Warrior. Yeah. 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 Because you have a, a pretty wild, um, to say the least, pretty wild like um, start to, to just life in general, right? Um, can you tell us a little bit about that? On on like just about you and how how you pretty much came to this world fighting yeah it was crazy kind of sad but yeah uh <laughs> so I was born with a broken back neck and feet um obviously I was I, I was born in Salvador to start off with so resources were a little bit limited and my mom actually didn't know that I was coming with the condition and it took me roughly like four or five years to kind of like form my body together to be strong enough to even start like crawling so it, it definitely took a time to you know get up and running well more like up and walking and yeah my mom they just told her like oh they kind of told her like oh there's my there might be a chance that she never develops enough to be able to walk or to even be able to just stand and luckily with the miracle as the years went on I got better and with therapy I got better and at the end I was able to like kind of like normal I'm I'm pretty much normal now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you had those physical challenges uh from birth where your back was broken your your you said your neck was broken and your feet were yeah. broken and and so it's always very inspiring to see you do uh any race and any marathon because of this knowing your background. Um, do you carry any of these, any of these memories or anything like that while you're running? I mean, during an ultra marathon, there's so much that could go through your head. Does that pop you in and give you that extra push in order to, to cross the finish line? Yeah, definitely. You know what? Whenever it so comes to like starting a 100, I, if anything, I know for many people, like they celebrate the finish, but for me, I really celebrate the start because I feel like it's such a... Uh, like you have to be very courageous to even attempt a 100. And I think it's just for me, I recognize that it's even an honor to just be at the start line and be able to just start. And in those moments, I remember how sometimes I'm like, I was like a couple of years ago, I'm like, I was a kid in a hospital, stuck in a hospital for years. And then now I'm here. So I think I just take those time where I'm just like, I celebrate the start sometimes a little bit more than the finish. Just because I feel like it's a big thing to just even attempt to go after something big. So, yeah, it, it's definitely those moments where I'm just like, wow, crazy. I'm actually here. <laughs> I could <Yeah>. run. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's uh, that's something super cool to to take that approach. And you're absolutely right. We usually just celebrate more of the finish line, the finish line, crossing, crossing that and going through those emotions. But mm -hmm. it's nice to hear that you reflect on getting to the start, which for a lot of people, it could probably resonate with them because sometimes you don't get to the starting line as healthy as possible, right? Yeah. We're over here, overuse injury. Yeah. Um, we have like a little hamstring acting up or something like that. And uh, just to toe the line and to even be courageous to take on that feat is super huge. Um, so... Tell me about your experience on your first marathon. Um, how was that? And how were you able to, to say like, hey, you know what? I'm not done with this. I want to go back and be miserable for another 100 miles. <laughs> well, for my first marathon or first ultra? First ultra. Did I say marathon? Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. You know what? I I'm going to interrupt you, but during the 100, I had a, I had like, there was a runner right next to me. I, we were sitting down eating like a little bit of chips and um, like peanut butter sandwich. And I was just like, 
man. I asked him, like, did you sign up for the marathon? And he looked at me so weird. And I was like, did you sign up for the marathon? And he was just like, I'm running the 100. And I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. That's what I meant. <laughs> so in my head, I was telling him, like, are you running the 100? Yeah. In reality, I was saying, oh, are you running the marathon? But yeah, when it came to my first 100 miler, it was honestly, um, I felt like I was undertrained. Definitely, that was the biggest thing. Uh, I had just came from like hitting a PR like three weeks before, like in the marathon. So I was definitely so like you know sore and tired. And the week before, I was like really injured. Like my body was I don't know where. I just started getting a lot of pain everywhere. And I was kind of shocked. I was like, should I even attempt this 100? But I had already paid for the flights. I had already paid for my cruise flight. I had already paid for hotels. I had paid for everything. So it was just like, I'm just going to go and let the money go to waste. So I was just like, no, that's not happening. So then I went to my massage therapist, Paulina, and she was able to fix me up. And I was just like, okay, now I'm good for the race. And I showed up to the race and I felt like so out of place, obviously, you know, especially like being a brown girl. It's just like and it was in Florida. So it was like, oh, wow. I'm, it's like you're one of the few. And I was just like, you know, what? that doesn't matter. I'm just here to try my best. And the whole goal was just to finish. It was no time just to finish. Obviously, there was a goal of like, oh, sub 2026. 20, but... <laughs> that flew out the window when the race started but I think the biggest thing was just like I was really nervous and I had this whole thing where I thought I was gonna die out there and no I was telling my goodbyes to everyone no way <laughs> what mile was that well no like even before starting this was just oh, before starting snap, so yeah. like I was telling my mom oh if you don't see me like you know know that I die doing something I love oh god <laughs> so it was like everyone was like freaking out They're like like what are you about to do but it was just like how scared I was because I always say that you should do something that you're scared to do you should always have your dreams be a little bit scary and that was basically it for me the 100 was something super scary so I, obviously I was scared I started the race. It was pretty good. Uh, humid, hot. It was already humid. Like it was, it was Florida. I think it was like the temperature was like 90 degrees already. And it started in Jacksonville and yeah, it was all road. So it wasn't trails. It was just a road 100 miler. And it was in mile 50, 56 when my blisters just really pop. I had like blisters already and they pop really bad. And then that's when I had to start like walking a little bit. And obviously, as you're walking, the blisters get worse. And then what would happen is the blisters would recreate itself. So somehow they would, I, I would have the same blister appear again and pop again. And it was like a whole cycle of having to deal with that pain again and again and again. And I didn't have the right equipment with me to even pop a blister. So it was like oh, I was no. very underprepared. But you figured it all out because that probably helped you out for round two, right? At Japanese. Yeah. 100% <laughs> round two, I was prepared. I brought like a whole, I even brought a surgeon. <laughs> I did not. But luckily, luckily, there was a lot of people. Um, I feel like the first one was very like solo too. It was uh, point to point. So you started in Jacksonville and you ended up in Daytona. So it was like a straight line in the coast. So it was just, you were going straight. While this one, Javelina 100, it was loops. So you got to see your support crew every 20 miles. You saw certain aid stations. So you felt very supported. While the first one was like very minimal. I only had one driver. And that driver drove all 30 hours with no sleep. And then I had my pacer who jumped in a mile like 60 to start pacing me. So... It and was and like, that was for the Florida Ultra? Yeah, for the Florida one, where everything went wrong. Everything you can imagine just went <laughs> wrong. But at some point, I think it was just like, I think I was, I was in mile 70-something, and I'm just like, after this, like, there's no point. Like, it's not going to get better from, like, my feet were, like, open up. 
like I was ba- basically walking like on my bare meat and I was just like it's just not gonna get better this is like I'm just gonna have to deal with it and I kept thinking to myself like are you willing to deal with this for the next you know 30 miles and I kept thinking like I can't believe I'm gonna quit I cannot because really, first of all I have never DNF so I think one thing I wasn't ready was I should have prepared myself better to DNF because I felt like looking back, maybe I would have DNF. But again, I feel like for me, it's like the whole thing is like, you got to continue no matter the pain, no yeah. matter the circumstance. And at some point I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to deal with this pain. And I don't know, whatever pain it is, I'm just going to deal with it. But what got worse was, there was cutoff times. So I was barely meeting each cutoff time by like five minutes. So it was like moving slowly, but still trying to move the best I can to get to the cutoff time. And I think I was like in mile 80, no, 85. I almost I almost missed it by a minute. So what? I only made it by a minute, 85. That's, that's wild. Um, what I'm hearing is like you could be mentally resilient mentally strong keep on pushing have that desire to keep on going but then you get cut off by time that's wild that's totally out of your control so was that a little bit that was pushing you forward as well um like knowing that you barely made the cutoff by a minute did that like push you like a little bit more like oh no what if the next one like i don't make it yeah and the next one was like the finish line i believe so it was like, oh, if you finish, yeah, you finish, but like you're not in the official results. So it was like you ran a hundred miles and you're not even official. So in my head, the whole thing was just trying to move forward. But when it when I got to mile eighty five and they told me, I'm sorry, but if you continue running this way, you're not gonna make it to the cutoff time. That's literally what they told me. Um, we need you to start running faster. And then, like, that's all I needed. I just needed, like, I'm very, like, I'm someone who's, like, very straight up. So mm-hmm. when someone talks to me very straight up, I understand. And that's what happened. I just heard that. And from that mile, I started running. Like, what? running, like, seven, eight-minute pace. Just running, even with the blisters. I was running, like, if like if I hadn't ran anything before. And it what? was just that whole aspect of, trying to make it to the finish line before the cutoff time. And luckily I did make it before the cutoff time, but I was a wreck at the end. I was just like, I couldn't even get on the car. They had to carry me. Yeah. I saw that on your Instagram on the recap video, or maybe it was yeah. during your stories. Yeah. But the joy on your face was, was there and you could really feel it through, through the recording. But it's kind of funny that you like your whole crew was just carrying you uh, in the car like a starfish and everything. But you were like, "All right, cool, I did it." <laughs> That's so funny. You know what? I did look like a starfish. <laughs> yeah, I definitely did. It is. It was crazy because I thought running the one hundred was the hardest thing, but it was the recovery coming after that was even harder. I think one thing I did, which was a huge mistake. Because I couldn't keep up with the blisters anymore, I went ahead and removed the skin. So mm. I was just like, like the skin was the thing that kept bothering me, the loose skin, because obviously it's humidity. So it's nothing like, I don't know if you ever gone to the pool and have you seen how your skin gets like very wrinkled? So yeah, imagine yeah. that's how your skin is, but instead like it's all peeled off. Oh, so no. I decided to just peel it all off instead of leaving it. So then I could run faster and make the cutoff time. So it was like one of those moments where it's like kind of like survival. You decide like, do I need this in my body or do I not? And I just decided to cut off with the scissor. And I basically cut off my my skin off. And I was just like, I just had to make it to the finish. And it was like one of those moments where I was like, that was so dumb of me. Like, it was so (laughs) delusional. You know, it's like you're 80 plus miles. So you're just thinking anything like just take this off me but at the end i learned my lesson (laughs) yeah yeah um so something that i've noticed on on your post today on instagram is how you lean into your adversity that you're faced with 
Um, and you, the way you put it in your Instagram was very beautiful that you make it your strength. And that's something that, that I kind of resonate with, especially when you were saying that like, Hey, when, when things get tough, give it to me straight. You need, you don't need to make it all cute and cuddly. Like just give it to me straight. That's going to feed me more. Um, where, where did you pick this up from? Like, is it like something culturally that you you have going on? Something that maybe um, you, your parent like implemented to you? Or did you just like develop that on your own through through your own lived experience? Definitely not through my parents because <laughs> sometimes they tell me I'm a little too rude. But I'm just like, just tell me straight, like cut to the chase and tell me what it is. Um, but I think it's just something I develop as you run more. And in, I think when it comes to, like, racing, I think for me, like, sometimes you realize how, like, a couple seconds really do matter. So just, I don't know, in those moments where I'm just, like, I just need to hear how it is. But I think in reality, it's just, like, as you go on through life, I just, like, prefer just to hear it straight up. And when it comes to, like, using that whole aspect of whatever I'm going through that's kind of, like, hurting me or, like, I'm in a painful place, like, oh the sun is like burning or you could say like the hills are killing me I'm just like I use it as a way to say like you know what the hills are my strength I have done this a hundred times I can do this again so it's kind of way in a way kind of saying like you have done this before just continue going forward like I try to use it as a way of just motivating me to continue going forward but at the end of the day, I know it's not my strength, you know? In reality, we know it's not my strength. But I just, at that moment, I'm just, like, trying to be positive about it and have a positive aspect. So it could be kind of, like, less mentally draining, you could say. Yeah, yeah. There's no point in being negative at that point because it's exactly. not going to help out. Might as well just keep it positive and to keep it pushing. And if you can make yeah. that that weakness and seek like opportunity and leaning into it, why not, right? And, exactly. And that was yeah. super cool. <laughs> yeah, um, it was. And it's not something like I developed like long time ago. It was just something I started developing like during the ultras when I started running the ultras. So like before, like for marathons, I really hadn't developed that. So it was more like for ultras where I developed that. Yeah. So now looking back at marathoning in that distance now knowing that you could run 100 miles what does that do for you for the marathon like does the marathon now become an easier task to do especially because you don't have to climb you don't have to worry about being sleep deprived well not as sleep deprived (laughs) I think it's I mean at the end I feel like I for me personally the marathon is still my favorite distance it's always going to become my it's always going to be my favorite distance it's like what made me a runner because I just went from zero miles to a marathon. So it's always going to be kind of like my baby. It's going to be what I adore and I love doing it. Um, I think definitely, I definitely respect both distances. And I also want to acknowledge that, you know, marathons is more like about speed, more about pushing yourself. Um, while for an ultra, it could be different. It's just, you know what, it's just being able to stay awake or being able to con- putting one foot in front of the other. Like, it's definitely both very different. But, yeah, I I think for me personally, like, marathons are still my favorite. And I think they're so hard. They're so hard, you know, for me personally. Like, I even say sometimes that the 5K is the hardest distance. (laughs) Because you're pushing yourself so much. Yes, it is. Your your lactic acid is bumping up. You're pretty much going all out. And you have to do that for three miles. Like, (laughs) there's no way. I just did a, a 5K uh, not that long ago. I think it was during that same weekend that you were doing your ultra. Mm-hmm. And oh my God, like my my legs were like bonking at the end. Like, Where was the 5K? It was in Malibu. It was the Malibu oh, 5K. No. And then it was the half marathon the next day. Oh man. Wow. I have never done the Malibu, but wow. I heard like there's hills, no? There's a lot of hills. Uh, yes. Some, some sneaky yeah. hills. It's not like noticeable at, at yeah. first glance, but once you're on them, you're like, oh, I feel this. <laughs> <laughs> and it's hard, especially because I feel like you have such a short amount of time to get everything kind of like right to be able to get that PR or be able to like push the most you can. But yeah, I think definitely like for right now, uh, I don't know. For me personally, I, I, I respect both distances and marathons are still hard, but 
I think I now see it kind of like, okay, like, okay, like, you know, another training run, you know? It depends, yeah. like, what pace you're running it at, you know, obviously, but yeah. And and you're very experienced with uh, with marathons. And for the listeners that don't know, you are the youngest uh, female um, Latina, right? That has yeah. ran 100 uh, marathons. Yeah, youngest woman and youngest Latina to run 100 marathons for right now. <laughs> for right now. Well, yeah. And so it, it's, it's not something like, you know, I, I now I'm just like, oh, you know, hoping for someone to come by and just, you know, take it, you know. You're setting the bar. You set the bar. You set the bar, and there's so many eyes on you. I'm sure there's going to be somebody that's inspired and is going to go for it. And um, hopefully, you know, you, we see more Latinas just like you out there running uh, marathons in that bright yellow uh, Students Run LA shirt. Yeah, definitely. I, I think that's one aspect for me where I'm just like, I remember when I started running, I was just like, I started with Students Run LA. And never did I think that I would end up here, you know? So whenever I look at a kid, I'm like, that could be the next Jocelyn. So I feel like, in a way, like, I want to continue inspiring for my community so then they could become even greater than everything I've done, you know? Because I feel yeah. like some of them, like, I have met so many of them, and the kids are just like, I didn't even know 100 marathons was possible. But now I know, thanks to you. And so it's just kind of like, refreshes you in the mind kind of saying like everything that you're doing it, it is worth it and someone's gonna end up getting inspired eventually and not even inspired but it's just they're gonna be able to kind of push themselves beyond what they thought was possible to then be able to achieve their dreams or like their goals yeah absolutely and now you have uh, under your belt 118 uh, marathons yeah i do <laughs> nice yeah so there's no ceiling for you. Where do you think uh, you're going to hit your, your number for uh, marathons? Uh, I want to become the woman with the most marathons in the world. Nah. <laughs> Whoa, that's, that's good. Yeah. Do you, are you aware of what that is right now? Yeah, I know. Actually, I actually know the person. Her name is Angela. I met her in some marathons in Texas. And mm -hmm. I think she has gotten over like definitely over a thousand marathons. So, no way. Yeah, she she reached it, I think, like, two a year ago, but she reached, like, her goal. So I think, like, it's, it's a high amount, but she was constantly, like, doing, like, back-to-back -back marathons. And I'm not sure if you're familiar with Marathon Maniacs, but they normally host their own marathons, and they make a certify, and they have, like, 20 marathons back-to-back, -back, but it's kind of like traveling from one state to another. I, I'm, not, I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, but it's just crazy. And it's like a group of 20, 30 people, and they all show up and do it. And I'm just like, that's insane. That's yeah. so wild. That's such yeah. a big commitment to do. But also, like, where do we, do, where do we finance this for you? <laughs> exactly. Honestly, like, it was funny because I was talking and I was telling people, like, you know what? I already did two 100. I might as well do 98 more. <laughs> and then I'm just like, no, I can't do that. Because I think one aspect that many people don't talk about, and maybe it's just because maybe they don't even have those struggles, it's just how much it is to run a 100. Like for my first 100, I think I spent like roughly 3000 to run it just yeah. for everything, for all the expenses. And even for this one that was in Arizona, I spent less, but it was still a large amount. And I did get sponsored by Latinos Run. So they pay for like the race entry and like the tent and stuff like that. But it, it was still like, it's very like, it's nothing like, I feel like it's whatever you think you spend in marathons, like double or triple that essentially. Yeah, yeah. that's a good, a good point that you bring up. It's, it's more often overseen um, because of the, the glory, you know, the cool Instagram post of crossing the finish line and uh, seeing how, how cool your, your, uh, your new PR was or whatever. But something yeah. that's always left out is the cost of all of this stuff. And the only, the only people that, that know about it is people that are actually doing it. Like when my, my, one of my biggest goals was to go to Boston, right? <laughs> oh, Boston Marathon, this, this, and that. This I saw you there. <laughs> Uh, we'll talk more about that later. Um, then, um, and then you're like, 
what? The room is how much? The flight is how much? The race entry is, and it all adds up. And so there's a funding aspect behind it. And, um, and yeah, that's, that oftentimes gets neglected. And just to touch base on, on when I saw you there, I had to wait in line to, to meet and greet you and get a photo with you. And <laughs> that was pretty cool to see one of my heroes out there, which was totally worth the wait. And I, oh, I heard, yeah. what a long line you were in very long. <laughs> I'm sorry. You had to wait so long. And now here I'm, I have the, the privilege to, to run a podcast with you. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. It was cool. I think I saw you the first year in 2022, right? It was like, I had just finished. No, I hadn't oh, finished. I was we, coming out of the, out of you the You know hotel. what's funny? We had finished running uh, the 5k, I think. Oh yeah. There we go. I, I think remember, I saw you twice. I'm going to be so transparent right now. I was actually pretty nervous walking up to you. <laughs> um and asking you for a photo i'm like uh don't be a creep yes be cool be nice um i think i tapped you in the shoulder i was like hey what's up like i gotta follow you this this, and that and i think you already knew who i was and you're like yeah of course like what's up dude and i was like Can I get a photo with you and you're like yeah let's do it yeah i'm crazy because i'm just like it, it happens a lot where like people are like oh I didn't want to come up to you because I didn't want to bother you. And then all along, I'm just there alone doing nothing, you know? <laughs> yeah. So it's like, no, come to me, come forward. But I think, again, I think it's just everyone being respectful of everyone's space. But yeah, I remember I was just like, when I saw you, I was like, no way. I was like, that was so cool. I think especially when you go to like another city, mm-hmm. you you could kind of like remember everyone from LA. And if you see someone from you know, just California, you're like, oh, wow, you're here too. So it's just kind of like, I feel like you're out there not just doing it by yourself, but you have a little community of the yeah. same people going from like the same area. I think I think part of it had to do with that I was in my fields because uh, knowing that you're a dreamer and that I, I'm a dreamer as well, it kind of meant more for both of us to actually yeah. be there, especially having two different nationalities and we're, we're running a common race and we kind of, you know, in regards to being a dreamer, we know what it took to get to to Boston to go run this prestigious race, right? And so exactly. I think that's what kind of like got me in my field, especially when I saw you, because that's I think I took that moment after I met you to reflect on that a little bit. And so I was like, oh, dude, it, this was a couple years ago. Like I wasn't supposed to be here, <laughs> you know? Exactly. Yeah, it kind of puts it in perspective too. Like just you know, sometimes dreamers have to go through a different like not a path, but like an extra little path to get to those races or just to feel comfortable enough to travel to a place outside of like their city, just to feel safe. You yeah, know? there's a couple a couple hurdles more ahead yeah. of us in order to do that. Which, yeah, um, which just recently you, you finished your, your three world majors that you're able to, to conquer so far. Walk me through the emotions of, of going through that. I mean, your Instagram captured it very very well and again i got stuck on it and i was like oh my god that's that's me that's that's my friend that's also on the same boat as you that's that's all of us meaning all of us the dreamers yeah i think it was i i mean for those who don't know or didn't see the post it was basically i posted about how we we as dreamers can only do the u.s marathons essentially so the whole point was for me was just to recognize that you know what? I finished the mini uh, world major marathons. I, yeah. That's what I called it. Just recognizing that we could only do Boston, Chicago, and then New York City. As much as we want to do Berlin, Tokyo, uh, and London, we're just, you know, we physically cannot get there. If we Okay, we could get there. We just can't come back. We just can't come back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll be stuck there. So it was just kind of like acknowledging that, you know what, like, as much as I wish I could complete it off I know like this is where like not the journey ends but this is where like this is the max I can do with what I can you know so it was kind of like just acknowledging and kind of like bringing like awareness to it how many of us might want to complete it but we just can't complete it as much as we want to you know yeah and and maybe in the future it'll be an opportunity that we all get to have you know that'll be be something cool and maybe it's a a blessing in disguise because 
imagine flying out over there and staying over there. <laughs> what we were just talking about financially, like that, yeah. that's going to be a pretty, a pretty big one too. I agree. I agree. And I think also like bringing up just like being a dreamer and being transparent, like, like for right now, like when I went to my 100, uh, this one in Arizona, as many people might not know is Arizona is like one of those areas where there's always like immigration, like checking and everything. And so it was one of those times where I had to make sure to bring my, uh, I forgot, it's like the car that makes sure that you're like your work permit. That's yeah, yeah. like, oh, you're legally here, you know? So it was like one of those moments, like it made me realize how some of us might not even be able to attend races like Javelina just because of the fear of being detained on your way there, you know? Yeah. So it's just brought like another perspective to it. That's interesting. Now that you brought it up, you actually went to Florida and Arizona, two yeah. very challenging places in, in that regard. That's, that's kind of badass. That's so dope. Just to make that statement, and to me, it's like, I'm here. I'm doing this. Like, there's yeah. no way you can stop me type of deal. Exactly. And it, it's crazy because I think Florida recently passed a law where it's like now if you're like um, undocumented that you can't even work in Florida. So, yeah, it, it's kind of like, you know, I feel like, you know, you just made me realize the places I have done one, my 100s are in places that maybe dreamers don't feel as welcome, you know? But yeah, I think for me, it's just also like when I decided for Florida, I decided because I was I was familiar with traveling to Florida Mm -hmm. during my 100 marathons. I obviously there was COVID and Florida and Texas and Arizona, all of those other states were just the states that were open, you know, to run marathons. So I was just like, exactly. So I was like, sign me up. I'm going. So I think at the end I did. At some point, I did develop some love for Florida. And, -hmm. like, it's one of my favorite states to visit. But I know there's, like, conflict in between. But it's definitely, I don't know. For me, it's just, like, I'm I'm just going to show up and see what I can do. Even though it has a lot of humidity, I'm just, like, I'm just going to go and run. Yeah. Yeah. If they're not going to stop you, these blisters definitely aren't going to stop you. (laughs) That's true, you know, that's true, that's true. It's crazy, yeah. The blister stories are, are just insane. I'm just like, yeah. it's crazy because so, you think you they would stop at some point, but they just don't. So let's get caught up with you and your experience for, for this past uh, Javelina 100. Mm-hmm. Um, walk us through through that experience. And um, and is that is that race in, in loops or what, what goes on with that? Yeah, so it has five loops. The first loop is 22 miles. It's the, it's basically, I believe it's like maybe three different miles compared to the other loops. But it's basically the hilliest one. It makes you go through like this dirt pad where it's like kind of like a mountain, like a dirt one. Um, the first loop is, I would say it's the hardest one just because it's the hilliest one. And then the other ones is loop two, three, four, and five, and they're all 20 miles, and it's the same loop. And that one also has, like, a lot of, like, gravel. It has a lot of rocks that are just, like, you know, loose. And, I mean, it's pretty flat out, too. But, honestly, like, when I was running it, I was just like, this is not a flat (laughs) course. It felt like, I don't know, it felt like CIM, a lot of rolling hills, you know? It was just like rolling hills up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. And obviously at some point, like you're feeling it, you know, but yeah. it, it definitely felt like rolling hills to me. It didn't feel like a flat course. And, and speaking about rolling and how difficult the ultra marathon is, you made it, it, it became more difficult for you at the start, right? You ended up rolling uh, your, your ankle or you ended up injuring yourself. Yeah, it was a mile. Like, I, well, it was in the middle. It was like 40, 40. I, I'm not sure, honestly, because I thought it was something wrong with the shoe. So I made a, a you're going to laugh or maybe not. You're going to be like, why Jocelyn? But I decided to run with a new pair of shoes. Like I had right off the box, trail mm-hmm. shoe. I was like, you know what? I'm going to break them in while I'm running. <laughs> but I thought there was something wrong with the shoe itself. And I was just like, no, it's just the shoe bothering me. And yeah. then I, I went to my crew and I was like, oh, this is hurting me. Like, I just like kind of said what was hurting me just so they could take note. 
And then I kept mentioning it up every single loop. And then my friend Karina, which she was calling me, she was like, I think you sprained your ankle. And I was just like, I had never sprained my ankle. So I don't know what that feels like. You weren't familiar with that, yeah. Exactly. So I was like, no, it might just be like some other pain. And then she was like, you sound like you sprained your ankle. I was like, oh, well, let's just keep running. <laughs> okay, cool story. Let's keep going. <laughs> exactly. It was like, it is what it is at this point. Yeah. So what are the instructions that you give your crew or or I, I've never ran an ultra marathon, mm-hmm. so I'm not not quite sure with that. I've I have had the opportunity to crew a couple of folks and help out. Um, but um from a runner's perspective, what what's the expectation that you have for, for your crew at the stations? Like what what do you what what are you uh running into when you get into the to the aid station? I would say uh, one of the things for this one, Javelina 100, it's probably one of the easiest crewing experience. It's still tough, but probably one of the easiest one just because the crew is not driving. And I think that's one part that they didn't get to do. And they obviously had enough energy to like help me in other aspects. Mm-hmm. But one of the things for me when it comes to my crew, um, I think it's just... I think not taking anything personal. Like I know they're there to help me out, but... When I say like, oh, like guys, get it together. Like, I mean it like in a nice way. (laughs) (laughs) It's more like, because obviously, you know, when things are happening, everything, like they're taking things off and they're putting things back on. So I think the only rule I have is whatever you take off, make sure you put it back on me to, Mm -hmm. because I think everything is essential at some point, you know, like. Like, I think I I could talk about it, but basically I was going into my loop two and it was going to be the hottest one. And they took off my sunglasses to apply more sunscreen. And then they never put the sunglasses back on. So I was already leaving to the loop. And as I was leaving, you have to run like maybe like half a mile to get to the start of the loop. And on my way there, I was like, wait, where are my sunglasses? Like, it's about to be hot. And yeah. it's gonna get really hot. And then I was just like, I had to text one of them guys. Someone forgot my sunglasses, and so they had to run to go get me the sunglasses. And yeah, I could have ran without them, but I felt like at some point I was just like, just not having those sunglasses could be a reason for me to just have a harder time. So yeah. let's not make it any more difficult. But it's I think for my crew is it's just uh, majority of my crew all normally paces me too so i had two i had three pacers this time around one for loop three four and then five um and then loop three i have one and loop four i had karina and then loop five i had uh, a, a pacer like i had just met her that day she was from native women runners um but she was just there to support anyone who needed like a pacer and at that mm. point juan and karina were tapped out and they're like oh we can't do another loop it's crazy because my crew was like this is hard like they only did one like one loop they're like this is hard at some point they're like it it felt like you were pacing us instead of we we pacing you so it was crazy because they're like it it was like they acknowledged how hard it was and i felt like okay i'm not crazy (laughs) (laughs) and so it was good to hear that you know that's it wild. Just to put things in perspective, like Juan's a like a a two forty marathon or two thirty nine something like that. So for him to say that that one loop for twenty miles is hard and tapped out at that, that that puts this whole ultra thing into perspective. And for you to just be out there, just grinding and pushing through, and especially with a sprained ankle, and you're like, all right, cool, let's keep going. <laughs> yeah, I think it was crazy. But I think it's also again like it all goes to like. I think one thing we talk about often in the ultra marathon world is, I mean, ultra marathon world is just basically how it's all mental at some point. It's all mental. And you recognize how hard it is, but you also don't make it out to be more than it is because then it's going to become harder. So it's just pushing it. But yeah, I think one thing I recognize is that when it comes to like ultra running, as much as I would love to do it all by myself, I wouldn't see that possible because I feel like you really definitely need a crew. And I admire the people who do it without a crew, but I'm just like, wow. Like, yeah, I, I definitely appreciate my crew and it 
goes to show like you know when you have your crew like you really could move faster but you could also make like smarter decisions in regards to certain aspects of the race yeah so you're a plant-powered athlete so mm-hmm. a lot of people are big on like oh you need protein you need this you need that um i come from, i have a little bit of a, a sports background and all that mm-hmm. stuff and i always admire like all these athletes that are plant-powered and what i mean by that is either they're vegetarian or they're vegan and they're able to do all this stuff a place where it's very noticeable of or in a community where people are like, oh, no, you need to eat your steak, whatever, this, this, and that, is like in the bodybuilding community. And there's, believe it or not, a lot of bodybuilders that are uh, vegan, and there's a lot of boxers that are vegan, a lot of elite athletes, including yourself, that are that. So what does is, what is your nutrition look like when you're running an ultra, preparing for an ultra? So when I'm running, uh, the morning of, I decided to take a protein shake. Um, and you're like, why? But I just knew that eventually I was going to need it. Um, and I also ate like a sandwich, like an avocado toast. And then I ate my, I, well, I drank my hydration, like my electrolytes, my Martin drink mix. And then also I drank my pre-workout, which was kind of like to wake up in a sense, just because I only slept a couple hours. I was really nervous, so I wasn't able to sleep a lot. Um, but that's what that was basically my morning breakfast when I got to the race and that's when I was drinking more like electrolytes and just drink mix more than drink mix and electrolytes and then I started the race and through during the race um what I had was um one of the things was vegan cup of noodles it had to be vegan okay (laughs) (laughs) it was cup of noodles it's just one of those easy ones where you could consume it yeah Uh, I also had vegan broth and then I also had avocado sandwiches and then peanut butter sandwiches. And then they surprised me with vegan shrimp. They were able to find like vegan shrimp, like one of the vendors was selling it. Yeah. And so they surprised me with that. Um, this one around, like this time around, like I feel like the food I ate was like kind of like all right. And it wasn't like, oh, wow, it was so delicious, you know? Um but for my first one, I think I outdid myself because I made vegan pozole mm. for it. And then I also did like a pasta salad. And so I actually felt more fuel for my first one than the second one. And I think it was just because I had more of like kind of like veggies in the first one. I had more like food. It was just like it felt like more. I had more like plants in the other one. But at the end of the day, I think for me, it's just. I do get hungry often, so I'm just having to constantly eat every hour. So yeah. every hour I was taking like a Martin 160. Uh, it's like a, one of the new gels and it's more for like ultra marathons. And then I was also like just constantly trying to like have potatoes in me. That was one of the like the food in the aid stations. They had chips and then basically every aid station I would eat everything on the table. That was yeah. vegan. I was like, give me everything that's vegan. And, I'm, and it's crazy, but you're going to laugh. At some point, I had everything in my hand, and I just shoved it in my mouth. <laughs> and, I, and I started just walking. I had it all. And I was just like, doesn't matter what it tastes like. I just, yeah. need, I just need for it to go in. And I, I just grabbed everything, shoved it in my mouth. And it, my cheeks were, like, big. And I was just walking up the hill as I was chewing everything. So it was just like one of those points where I was just like, if only someone was to see me how I'm eating right now. (laughs) It's not cute. (laughs) It's not cute. But yeah, I I think for me personally, yeah, I think Javelina was very like vegan friendly. So I think that made it so much easier where I didn't have to worry so much about the food this time around. Yeah. I know it's only been 10 days since you did your last ultra marathon, but any thoughts on anything in the future? I know uh, Western States <laughs> is one that, that is, you know, always one that's coveted and, and looking forward to it, which we are all manifesting for you. But um, in the interim until Western State happens, like, do you think any, anything else that'll, that'll pop up for you? I think uh, probably just marathons. I'm just do marathons, my normal LA marathon, and obviously a couple more. I normally announce it like in the beginning of the year. That's just when I have a clear mindset of what I want and what I don't want. But 
Yeah, I would say like um, LA Marathon, definitely. Uh, you're an ambassador, you know, we should mention that, you know, use <laughs> his code, guys. Use Jocelyn24. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think it was just, you know, I just probably just have marathons right now. And if I went, if I get into Western State, that would be like the dream. I think that would be, I mean, that would be shocking. And I think, but in all honesty, like the reason why I started like my 100, it's just because I want to get into bad water. 135. Ooh. That's the race of my dream. Like, you know how everyone has, like, for marathons, everyone wants to get to Boston or they want to get to their dream race. Mm-hmm. For me, my dream race is bad water 135. So yeah. recently they went ahead and um, updated the qualifications. So before they had, like, oh, you have to have bad three 100 milers. But now they have four. So the changes just this year, like maybe like I think the week of Javelina, I saw that they changed it. And now it says four and they changed the requirement of how long you have been running ultras to now being three years. So now I'm just like, I barely started 11 months ago. So I have to wait three years. And I'm like, I'm so sad about it. But then I'm like, everything happens for a reason. But it is what it is. Hey, man, we're going to have to get you like a sports management agent or something like that. We're going to have to move things around and bust the good old David Goggins and get you get you in there. We're going to have to start name dropping or something, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's my dream race. And I think at some point I feel like I can do it. I can 100% do it. Uh, obviously, it's going to be tough. I might be the last finisher, guys. I'm just saying I'm putting it out there. But I think at the end of the day, it's just finishing itself. I think it's just like it would be like the greatest honor. And yeah, I think for me, that's like my dream race. Like that's the race I'm working towards, not just now, but like I think I'm going to continue working towards the next couple of years to get to. Yeah, I ran into a guy uh, this weekend and he was telling me about about the Badwater, interestingly Mm -hmm. enough. And he was telling me about how some people finish that marathon, um, that ultra, and then they still do the the Mount Whitney thing. So there's like a secret like bonus miles where you still have to climb uh, Mount Whitney and then climb back down to Badwater. So that's like pretty, it was bonkers to me. I'm like, wait, what? You're doing it? Because it's 135, right? Badwater, yeah, 135 miles. Yes. And they still jam up to Mount Whitney and then come back down. And so I'm like, what are you talking about, dude? Like That's insane. Yeah. But if you're putting it though, it might be easier because it's all downhill, no? Coming back. It would coming just back, be yes. I, I, I would assume so, but I'm I'm not too well versed with, with that. So Wow, that, that's, that's wild. incredible <laughs> and crazy. Crazy. I think I don't know if you're familiar, but like one of the runners that ran it his name is Bob. And I think he's like in his seventies. And he was like one of the oldest. He was the oldest runner, and he finished, but he finished like a couple minutes after the cutoff time, so he wasn't given like the belt. But oh. yeah, it, it, I think one thing I would like to like share is how like Javelina, even though like if you make the cut, like if you don't make the cutoff time, they still give you the belt, but you just don't come out as an official finisher. But I was oh, just like, that's man. really nice of them. That's really nice. Because I feel like a lot of ultras just don't do that. Yeah. But they give you the belt, even that's, though you finish. That's a big roller coaster of emotions, too. Because, yeah. like, a part of you would want the belt, but I feel like some people would not want the belt because they didn't, yeah. quote unquote, air quotes, like, earn it or make the cutoff. Um, like, I when I went to Western States, there was, uh, mm-hmm. there was a guy that missed uh, missed the cutoff. For, for the buckle and it was literally like a couple seconds and it was just like dude just give the dude his buckle that you know? is so sad i think when it's seconds i feel like that's just like come on just give it to him but if it's minutes then okay i understand but yeah I, if it's seconds, you know what i think it was a couple minutes i think i'm okay. I, i'm remembering it wrong i think it was like maybe you know what? Like okay five, then never minutes. mind i would change <laughs> yeah. it if it's a couple minutes let him have it no yeah. it's truly sad and I think, yeah, we'll see what happens in the future. But I think at the end of the day, like, I think just being able to, I mean, one thing I would want more people to do is just be able to go out there, you know, like you yourself. I feel like anyone who runs a marathon could definitely run ultras. 
And it's just about finding the right distance for you. You know, there's 100K, 50K, 50 miles, 100 miles, 200 miles, 300 miles. Yes. But I think it's I, at the end of the day, I feel like I would definitely love to see more people of color just racing it or like being part, like partaking it in, in it. Because I feel like one thing I saw when I ran my first 50 miler was I was like the only like brown skin girl running it. And yeah. it, then again, it makes sense because I was in Portland, Oregon. But <laughs> it makes sense. But I, at the same time, I was just like, oh, wow. When you leave, like, areas, like, where we're from, yeah. like, LA or just Southern California, you realize the impact of your running a little bit more and how much more you're representing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're absolutely correct. And uh, I don't know. I lost my thought. I kind of got lost right there. But um, but yeah, that's that's cool. Um, so you have uh, Badwater in sight, uh, Western States in sight, uh, LA Marathon on the horizon. You I'll ran see you hun- there. Yes, when absolutely. You, there. <laughs> I, you will see me there. You've ran over a hundred marathons, and is there any marathon that you have in sight that you haven't you haven't ran quite yet? A marathon, I would say. Like locally maybe, in the U.S. Oh, locally in the yeah, I would say maybe like um, Alaska. Oh, I've heard yeah. wild things about that too. Yeah, I heard like sometimes you have to wait until like the merit like there's mooses or like there's bears and you have to wait until they pass by to finish your marathon. Yeah, it's, like it's all dependent on the weather, too, because of the blizzards yeah. and all that stuff. I think I have maybe like a handful of friends that are crazy enough to do that. Just the, Yeah. Yeah. I think that would be, I, I definitely want to do one of those. But I think in reality, I'm going to just see what's out there. And I love traveling. I love traveling to different states because I'm like, I can't travel outside of the U.S., but I can travel to other states. So I, I'm still trying to also attempt to do like the 50 states. So. We're getting there, little by little. How many states do you have? I think right now I have like roughly like 20 something, like 22, 23, 24. All right, all right. You're doing good. Halfway through. Halfway halfway through. Yeah. (laughs) It's hard because I feel like once you find a race and you really love it, you continue coming back. And that prevents you from doing other races in other states. So one of them is like LA. I've been doing it for the past 10 years. But it's like I'm not gonna stop. It's like one yeah, of those that was your issues. that was your inaugural, right? That was your first one that got yeah. got you to the dance floor. So they're <laughs> definitely <laughs> we're, we're similar in that. That was my first marathon as well, and I and this year I was kind of reflecting like, oh, dude, this is gonna be my eleventh one. Like this is kind of cool. Um, I'm like, am I gonna do it next year? I'm like, why am I even considering that? <laughs> like, of course I have to. Of course. Yeah. Wait, what, what year did you first run the marathon? Uh, twenty thirteen. Oh, okay, got yeah. it. Are you sure it's not your twelfth year? Or maybe it's my twelfth one. It's gonna know. be your twelfth because this year, for next year, I'm not this year, but next year is gonna be my eleventh, and I ran it in twenty fourteen. Or maybe I ran it in twenty fourteen. What color was that medal? Was that the orange one that has? LA it was on the it? orange one that says LA. Okay, so hey, we ran. We started running it the same year that's crazy yeah. or wait which one was it with the um the year before was the one from uh it was Saint like Patrick's a one? st patrick's one okay that was my first one then okay so no you're gonna have 12 years then oh, running damn. yeah damn I'm, I'm old i need to retire <laughs> <laughs> you know that's not happening i feel like we'll be one of those people who are just constantly running and i feel like we're just never gonna stop running marathons i feel like it's just a part of us now yeah and it is who we are you know and yeah. we gotta embrace it but at the same time i feel like i wouldn't want to be anyone else at the end of the day you know like i feel like running is such a beautiful sport and i'm just like honored to be able to be able to run you know yeah i feel like i i, I hear my our parents uh in the background no te cansas de correr <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that would be my mom uh that would be my mom she's like when is it gonna end I was like, yeah. I don't think that's happening. Hopefully no. not, but yeah. yeah. I feel you. I feel you. It's funny because uh, I think for like Latinos' parents, it's always like they have this belief that 
maybe like sometimes doing sports is not as healthy but well for me personally and it's just like no it's so like it's so good for you you know so yeah. good for your health yeah all around physical mental mental and also spiritual i feel yes i agree yeah absolutely jocelyn you've given me so much of your time i appreciate you coming on i'm glad this happened and um is there anything you want to any any notes you want to leave on the podcast uh before we log off go follow small (laughs) (laughs) go give him a follow you're doing an amazing job and i love everything that you're doing no that's about it um i had a fun time talking to you i'll probably get back to work now (laughs) But yeah, it was. I had a great time. Thank you for inviting uh, me. Thank you so much. Um, keep being yourself. Uh, you inspire so many of us, and by us, I mean dreamers and uh, runners in general. Like what you're doing is amazing, and at least I look forward to to your next feats or your next posts. Just to keep on following on your journey, I feel like we follow the similar footsteps, and it. You're you're one of the the main people that I when I. When I see, I'm super prideful and I feel like a little warmth of energy in my little heart, you know? Thank you. I appreciate it. Just keep being you. You're crushing it. You too. You're crushing it too. You're Just continue doing you, you know? At the end of the day, I feel like we're all in this amazing journey. And I feel like just being a runner is just going to take us places, you know? Absolutely. Well, Jocelyn, thank you. Take care. Take care. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Bye, small. (laughs) 